Welcome to the Go Hard Chick Podcast. This is your host, Crystal Holmes. And today I bring you episode 25, Liberation in Your Life and Home with our fabulous guest, Kayla Jackson. Go Hard Chicks, I'm so excited to bring you this episode today. Kayla is, I mean, when I when I found Kayla and I first spoke to her, I was just really impressed with what she's created here because I think it's something that we all may need, but we didn't know. We don't know that we need it. She is a social worker turned home designer, home stager, home decorator. And then about a year and a half ago or so, she decided to combine the two. And so she helps people not only decorate their homes, but she helps them go deeper and deal with that stuff that might be holding us back in our personal lives and in our home. So she she looks at the intersection between self-growth and, and home decor and how they influence and support each other. It's really a fascinating concept. And, you know, this podcast is all about health and wellness. And one big aspect of our wellness, I believe, is how we live, where we live, how our home supports us. And it's more than just the aesthetics. Sometimes we got to go deeper. We, so we talk all about that in this episode and how she does this with her clients. And, you know, we, we talked about one big thing that I, I never thought about that folks may be experiencing that affects how they live in their home is guilt. We really dig into that and I, I love it. So go hard chicks. I am thrilled to have on Kayla Jackson today. Her business is called A Place for Audrey. She's based out in the Bay Area in California, and she does do a lot of work virtually for all my go hard chicks that are all over the country. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you feel like you need help with your home decor and going a little deeper and dealing with that stuff, you need to contact Kayla. But before I bring Kayla on, let me just say, please leave a rating and review for the show if you enjoy the show. It really helps me bring on fabulous guests like Kayla and some of the other folks we've had on. So if you take time and just leave a short Apple podcast rating and review, it really, really helps go hard chicks. So without further ado, welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast. Kayla Jackson. Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast, Kayla. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous, and I'm so happy that you are on with me today. Yes. I'm super excited about this topic because it's it's really something... I think I've been struggling with, but I never really thought about it in the way that you think about it. So I'm, I'm excited to share this. Yeah, I'm so happy to share it with you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So first off, 
tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and why you're here today. Yeah. Well, hello, my name is Kayla and I created a business a year and some change ago called A Place for Audrey. And my main purpose behind it is that it's a combination of my two passions, um, interior design and home staging, that kind of creative component and decor in the space, and helping folks identify their needs and access ease in that way. So it's a combination of both of my passions, helping people and making things pretty. Um, And the shorter version of it is that it's essentially coaching to curate your home and life. So ways that we can incorporate what you're trying to look for in your home and life and how that space that you're in can support that growth. Okay. I love it. I love it. Now, I think you're being a little shy. I want you to tell the listeners, what were you doing a year and a half ago? (laughs) What was happening? Yeah, so much. Um, All right. Well, I was... I was a social worker for a long time. Um, I was working with a lot of marginalized folks, and I did a lot of work in Missouri. I did a lot of work in the Bay Area. That's where I'm based. Um, so I completely fried and burned out. I was I was just so done with social work and so fatigued from holding everything that I had to hold in that role. So I did a complete 180. I was like, I just want to make things pretty. I just want to fluff pillows. That's all I want to do. Um, so I started working with an interior designer for some time. And then I got into the home staging world, um, which for folks who don't know what that is, that is when you're prepping houses to sell. So I was doing home staging and I really liked it. Um, there were definitely pieces of social work that I missed that I wanted to somehow incorporate into home decor, but I wasn't quite sure. And then the pandemic happened. Um, And then as I'm sure everyone else's life was impacted, everything kind of turned completely upside down. Um, That job, yeah, just didn't seem like the reasonable or safe thing at the time for me to be doing. So I was really trying to consider, I was like, well, what, what do I do? How do I figure this out? And I always wanted to run a business or just have a business of my own, but I just didn't quite know what the thing was. And yeah, in some ways, the pandemic was that huge push for me to just kind of bet on myself and launch this business and combine these two passions. So you've essentially created a business where you combine your love for, I guess, home design and decor and social work to a certain degree. Yeah, because I I think that as much as I love just talking about, you know, different color choices and different talking about placement and decor and gallery walls, I think that there is just something deeper that happens for clients where sometimes it is about a redesign in the space and sometimes it's just about you being reoriented to your space or just you showing up differently in your home. Sometimes it has nothing to do with, you know, getting a new couch or just doing a different coat of paint, or you do those things. And the feeling that you feel afterwards is kind of like superficial and doesn't really last that long, right? Like you're super excited. And then a couple months kicks in, and then you're kind of back to old habits, old routines, that thing that you were trying so hard to capture in the redesign just doesn't quite stick. So I'm very curious about digging deeper with clients around what is it that you really want in your life, in your space. And see, that's what I love because <laughs> I've, I've found myself at times in my life thinking I wanted 
to change the, I don't know, the paint color (laughs) on the walls, but it was something deeper. Yeah. And so, but when in speaking to you, I'm like, oh my God, she gets it. Like this is. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, and my business, even since I've started, has taken on many different roles, but it just became more and more clear that even for folks, when I was talking with them about like home styling is how I called it at first, um, we would get to get the talking and then it would just turn into something completely different than what they had hopped on the call with me for. And yeah, so that's where I, I just love to be able to sit in that gray area of where the design ends and where the kind of like just advocating for your needs begins. So give the listeners an idea, like when you're sitting down with a, you know, a new client, for example, how, how does that process work where you, I guess, assist them in, in figuring out what their ultimate goals are with, whether it be in their home or in their own, you know, personal life, how do you get that? Cause I imagine some of them may not initially think <laughs> You know, they might just come to you because it's like you said, they want a new couch, but they're not thinking deeper. So how does that process work? Yeah. So I, I think earlier on, it was a lot more of like, I kind of do this thing you're asking for, but I also do this other piece. Does that sound interesting to you? And they're like, oh, wait, actually, I think I do need that. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, and I think now it's a little bit more folks have an idea of what they're getting into when they work with me. But the biggest thing that I do is I just have a very general question of just like, what would you like in an ideal world where you don't have these barriers that you're dealing with right now? You don't, you know, it's the perfect world scenario. What are you looking like? How are you showing up in the world? And how are you showing up in your space? And then kind of from that exploration, I can kind of pull out some themes of like, okay, well, it sounds like there's, for me, I think the biggest thing I hear is guilt, right? More times than not, people know what they want in their home and in their life, but there's just so much guilt around it. So that's kind of a, a point that I like to kind of just highlight and just be like, I'm, I'm seeing that you clearly know what you need, but I'm seeing that there's a lot of guilt in terms of you believing that you even deserve that thing, or you get to have that thing in your space or in your life. Ah, so let's, let's, dig deeper into that guilt issue. Is it that they, you said maybe they want that new sofa and do they, is it the guilt surrounding, Oh, I can't, I shouldn't pay that much for that sofa. Maybe I can, or is it, you know, how do you flesh that out with them? Yeah, I think, I think an example would be probably super helpful. We, I was talking with the client around, she was just super upset around how, her space looked visually like she was like, there's all this clutter and I want to reorganize and I want to do this thing. I want it to just be clean and perfect and all of these pieces. Um, I am not an organizer by training, so I do not have, I don't have any of those tips and tricks, (laughs) but I was just curious around like, well, tell me more about like this feeling that you're experiencing with being in the space. And as we were talking what was happening was that there was a lot of underlying guilt around the fact that her mom had recently passed and she got all of her things and she didn't know how to feel about throwing out things that were connected to her mom's legacy or like, where do I hold on to pieces? How do I honor her, but still feel like it's my home? 
it's like, yeah, that that is that's complicated. That's not a simple. Oh, just move that box to the left. That's de- that's deep because we do. I mean, my mom's still alive, but I, my father died when I was very young, and I have boxes full of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and books and there's no way I, I could put all of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I'm sitting in my, my home office. Now I'm looking up at the wall. I've got old photographs of him. And I I felt that, I mean, not that I wouldn't want photos of him, but you feel sometimes the obligation mm-hmm. or like you said, guilt to incorporate those things somehow mm-hmm. in your everyday home life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about that some more. <laughs> yeah. How did you help her? Yeah. So some of the things were more tangible things, right? So it was just like, well, I have all these records. And it's like, cool. Do you play records? Is that a thing that you do? Like, what if there was a, what if this was pictured together in like a commemorative Spotify album? Like, how do we transfer this to have it be something that sits digitally so it's not necessarily taking up space in your home. Um, And maybe you keep five that just bring out those really lovely memories that you have with your mom and what her legacy and what that means. And maybe those five are, you know, put together in some way in your space. So it was less of a conversation around like, well, yes, you're right. We should clean all of this and just have a completely clean slate. And that's going to be how you feel better. But more of a like, okay, so how do we work with this feeling and kind of sit in a place that feels, again, that feels less obligation focused and feels more focused on like honoring you and your home and the people who, you know, brought you here. Okay. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Guilt, I guess, I guess that is a big, a big deal. What what other ways do you find people bring guilt in, into their, I guess, living space environment? Yeah. yeah, definitely some of what you mentioned earlier around, I think I've, I found it so fascinating that people would get very guilty because they can afford a thing. And it's like, well, I mean, how can I be redesigning my space? There are people who are starving. Mm. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. But your guilt's not liberating them, right? Like your your sad feelings and your like, well, I want to punish myself because somebody else doesn't get to have access to this piece is not necessarily liber- liberatory. It's actually pretty hurtful for both parties, right? Like, so just really trying to unpack like, what would it mean to shop consciously? okay, if you want to do a redesign and you also care about social justice causes and liberation work, absolutely. I'm all here for that. Then let's be a little more mindful of where we're going to put our dollar then. If you want to redesign the space in a conscious way, do you care about doing things that are more green focused? Do you care about only thrift shopping so you're not adding to the carbon footprint? Do you care about shopping black owned, shopping woman owned, shopping whatever group you feel connected to that you would want to support with your dollar, then sure, we can certainly do that. And you also get to experience joy and being in your own space because we're humans and we get to do that. I love that. So here's something I was curious, I was thinking about Mm -hmm. (laughs) in preparation for this interview today. 
how, or have you ever, or maybe you can give us some tips, those of us that live with a spouse or Mm -hmm. a significant other, sometimes there's (laughs) (laughs) issues Uh with trying to create your space the way that you may want it. Uh Uh-huh. You know, but yet you got this other person that has their own idea. How do we <laughs> help us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a thing. <laughs> um, you know, and I, yeah, I was just speaking with a client a few weeks ago around this exact piece of like, I really like this style. My partner seems to have the complete opposite take on what they consider beautiful and gorgeous in the space. And the clash of the two is strong and it is apparent. Um, I mean, obviously the big thing, as we all know in relationships is compromise. Compromise is the word of the day. Um, You know, when we're sharing a space with somebody, like what is the in-between of what feels good for both of you? Um, So one of my tasks towards the end of one-on-one sessions is that I have folks create a vision board, however they want to create it. It can be on Pinterest or old school with collaging and paper and magazines. So if you live with a partner, what if you all did a couple's vision board? What if you did a family vision board? Like, what would it feel like to really be just genuinely asking with curiosity, like, hey, what do you imagine in your dream space? And here's what I imagine in my dream space. Where's the like comfortable in between that's honoring and showing both of you. And it's not going to be the thing that you 100% want is not going to be the thing that they 100% want. But the point is, how do you, how do you just show that this is what our union represents in this space? However that union is (laughs) as, as somebody also that lives with their partner and, you know, we have very different style takes. And again, that is just such a huge, we were recently redoing our living room and it was this exact conversation of like, okay, you don't like my muted colors. I also am not a huge fan of your super bright colors. Where's the comfortable in between? So we were just able to really just kind of talk out together and be like, okay, well, this feels good for me. And it's like, okay, this also feels good for me. Let's get it. Um, So we can both feel like the space is ours. Yeah, I mean, we've had some battles in my house. <laughs> sometimes we see eye to eye, sometimes not. I mean, I've at times I've just ordered the new sofa without asking. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, <Yep. laughs> and just put it there because I knew if I had a discussion, we would end up ordering nothing. So mm. I've, I've done that. Mm-hmm. We We've had sometimes beneficial discussions and then but there's like this one room where we just we just cannot come to a meeting of the minds (laughs) so maybe i need to do the vision board i think that's a good idea yeah that's a good idea i need that tip i think too what i have found is that it's surprising how i think flexible the other partner can be at times of like, oh, you like that style? I had no idea. Like, I like that style. I can live with that style in my home. Like, 
I think that we only think of the times when there's been resistance and it's like, well, they're just going to resist all of it. So I don't want to go through the hassle of communicating my needs and potentially, you know, getting my feelings hurt or not feeling like I'm being seen and heard. So let me just, let's just bypass it and let's either do nothing or I'll just do what I want. And, you know, as we know, sometimes that goes fine. Sometimes it goes less fine, but I think it would be, it would be a curious experiment. All right. (laughs) So Yeah, I just, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one there. (laughs) What are some tools, I guess, or tips you can give to the listeners in this journey, I guess, of self-accusation or trying to figure out what guilt they may be working through Mm -hmm. and how it's showing up in their home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it, absolutely just starts with asking the simple question of what you want in your home and your life and not like what you should want, not what you have been socialized to want, not, well, this person wants this thing. So I guess I also want this thing. What do you genuinely want in your home and life? And a question I love love to ask in particular for folks um, when they're talking about self-actualization work is often we have this vision of this like great version of us and well, we're doing this and we're doing that. And I like to get super clear around what those this and that things are. Like, what does this self-actualized version of you sound like? What do they look like? What are they saying? What are the actions that make them different than what you are doing right now? And just being able to see that, oh, okay, here's the gap. The difference is this person is a lot more confident and I don't feel like I'm confident enough or whatever the piece is that you're working on. I think just getting really clear about it versus just using this vision of your self-actualized self to then hurt your own current self, if that makes sense, right? Just like using this vision as like this inaccessible goal. I think just getting real tangible about it. Like what are these little things, these tiny shifts that can happen? that will have you showing up better within yourself and within your space. Cause I can imagine, I can imagine, you know, a lot of times when I'm thinking about designing my space, well, there were times when magazines were popular, I would get a magazine and I would cut out pictures and this is how mm-hmm. I want it to look. Or, you know, you go online or you go on Instagram, I, it needs to look like this, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean or reflect where I am mm-hmm. and what my needs are. I'm mm-hmm. just looking at it aesthetically mm-hmm. instead of digging a little deeper to figure out, you know, where I am. But like you said, what what are my needs and how I can incorporate those within my space? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, as somebody with the, the home staging background, like the point of all of that is the shot. The point is not the utility, right? Like the realistic... This, I'll speak specifically for magazines. Instagram is a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But like, just even as we're going through certain home decor magazines, it's not always the actual, oh, this is our family and this is our lived in space. And this is always how it looks. We're trying to show you the most, you know, visually beautiful version of that. And I think that, yeah, people get really tripped up and redesigning a space to completely mimic that image and then they realize, oh, this actually doesn't work for me at all. 
This actually is just not, this is not what I need. It doesn't work for anyone. Sometimes yeah. I right. look <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's just a beautiful picture. Sometimes it's just inspiration. So like, right. yeah. So tell the listeners, because your business is called A Place for Audrey. Mm-hmm. Tell listeners how you came up with that name. Why is it called that? Yeah. So A Place for Audrey is named after one of my favorite Black feminist thinkers, Audrey Lord. Um, she, in so many ways, the person that I am today and the ways that I embody and discuss this business and work with clients is from a Black feminist standpoint and praxis. Um, and a lot of that knowledge that I sit on is Audre Lorde's knowledge. She was very, very persistent on self-preservation and on finding and acknowledging your voice. I mean, she has, I think, because self-care is very in right now, which is awesome and great, and there's some less awesome side effects to that, but her her quote uh, gets passed around a lot around self-care about how it's self-preservation and it's a form of activism. The other quote that I really love about her though, that doesn't get highlighted as much is that your silence won't protect you. I think people get really, really scared about getting honest about what their needs are and how they want to show up in the world. And they think that if they're quiet, that that will work for them and that things will be okay. But it's not going to protect you from injustices. It's not going to protect you from hardships that you experience in your life. It just won't protect you from being able to just show up apologetically and fully. Um, and they, you know, that is, that is a lesson that I even myself am still back and forth on of like, Ooh, do I say this thing? Okay. I will say this thing. So she has helped me become who I am today. And she continues to push me her legacy and what she has left behind for us. So I wanted to name it after her. I love, I love that. I love that. So it's a perfect name. It's a perfect name for this business. And Cause I just love that. It's, it's more than just interior design. Like you're, you're helping your clients dig deeper. Now, does everyone always leave with an updated design? No, not always. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the answer is just, okay, you just need to have a space. You just need to be, you know, to have somebody hold space for you to just talk through things. Um, So yeah, I mean, a couple clients have left with like, and here's my nice redesigned fancy space, but more often than not, it's, it's a lot of skills to then do tiny little shifts. I think that sometimes my clients come in with these grand ideas of like, I want to redo my entire house. And it's like, okay, sure. (laughs) That could happen. But also, you know, there are more impactful ways that don't have to be that large scale of a shift. So the clients that come to you, do they, are they usually in like a transitional stage? Like maybe they've gone through a divorce, for example, or, um, someone's passed away. What type of client typically comes to you and wants your services? Because it is more than just, you know, fluffing pillows, like you said, and (laughs) changing paint color. Yeah. Yes. Definitely a lot of clients in transition. Yeah. So whether it be right, a change in their partnership Um, a shift to their job, they're trying to move and they want to leave the energy 
that energy behind and bring different new energy into the new city they'll be in, um, career shifts. So lots of transition points. I also seem to be um, reaching out to a lot of helping professionals. There's just something about people who know the lingo and like understand the like, yes, of course, it's important to take care of yourself and identify your needs and do this and do that. It's something that they teach, but it's much harder for folks to actually implement. Yes. Yeah. I call it the uh, below the neck work. We know all of it above the neck, right? Like we can write whole thesis and papers on all of the ways that you're supposed to take care of yourself and show up and advocate for yourself. But actually embodying all of those skills, like modeling that for yourself and others, that's, that's below the neck. That's a little different. So I think it's a lot of folks who are trying to apply all the skills that they've been teaching everybody else to themselves. Okay. Yeah. That's, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. It definitely makes sense because we tend to get so invested in helping our clients or helping others Mm -hmm. that we don't leave a lot of room for ourselves. And then you wake up one day and you're out of control or overwhelmed or you're burnt out and you're Mm -hmm. like, what is going on? I need to redesign my home. No. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll make me feel better. And Mm -hmm. that's, it's deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, and I try to kind of like talk through that piece too, because I think a lot of, a lot of helping professionals and folks that love helping people, they're super well-intentioned, right? Like there's not necessarily like any malice behind why I want to put myself last and put others first, but that's certainly where a lot of resentment grows and builds. And then all of a sudden we're having a conversation and it's like, yeah, you kind of seem a little upset that other people have not done the same thing that you have been doing. But what if you just did that for yourself? So tell us what, when someone comes to you initially, how, how does your process work? How many sessions do they do? Um, Do you, you know, guide them through? Do you offer packages? Give us a little bit more about like what to expect when we call you up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So um, I do free discovery calls. So we're just talking for about 30 minutes or so and just getting a good feel of like, if we are a good fit for each other, if what you are needing is aligning with what I can provide. Um, And the main offerings that I have right now are one-on-one services. And that's about, it's panning out to be about 10 sessions. Um, So we would meet every other week and just kind of go over what it means to identify your wants and needs, practice getting those needs met, and then creating that space that honors you. Um, And the other offering that I have is group coaching. So it is the same exact thing that I'm offering in one-on-one, but it is kind of a hybrid online model. And then we meet once a month to reflect on the content. Um, That group is closed until February, but um, the one-on-one services are still available. I'm more than happy to meet with folks and talk with them. And so the group sessions, what is the goal with that? Is that also to help them, I I guess, create a new space if that's what they desire in their home or? I think the biggest goal that I had when creating the group coaching was to just be able to have other folks be in community. I think there's just something really powerful about realizing that you're not alone 
in this, that this is not some topic that only you struggle with and everyone else has it right. And you're the only one that's, you know, quote unquote, messing it up. Um, So just being able to be in community with others and to reflect and process as a group is the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Love that. And the one-on-one sessions, you start, I guess you start off just trying to figure out what their issues are, needs are, and then it progresses to design if that's what they ultimately still want? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I focus a lot more on what your actual needs are before we even begin to talk about, oh, well, this is what I like design-wise. This is my color scheme. Like We get to that much further towards the end. Um, because again, oftentimes than not, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I don't need to completely gut my home and just like redo it right. from head to toe. So, yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And they know that going in, I guess, when they, they call you up, yes. that this is not going to be your typical, you know, let's sit down and talk about colors in the first meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And then if you still want to talk about colors, we can do that. We absolutely can. And I think the the piece that is helpful too, is that like, you're getting more insights on what you actually need in your space. Right. So like, I don't believe that I have the answers for what you need in your space. You have them, but I am here to like help you figure out like, okay, so this is a tangible way to access this. This is a way that we can have this show up in your home. Um, So having the conversation later on versus like in the beginning where, well, I don't even know what you want. So how do we, how are we going to talk about how you show up in your home and what that home looks like? Now are your sessions Are they via Zoom, for example, or are they in person? Like if someone in, you know, I'm in Georgia, I might need to call you, (laughs) Kayla. Yes, (laughs) Can you help me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So for folks that are out of the Bay, I am more than happy to do Zoom, phone call, whatever, whatever feels good for them. Um, And folks that are more closer to me and local in the Bay Area, um, I've done some distance in-person sessions, but yeah, primarily it would be over Zoom. Okay. All right. I, I love, I love the idea. Oh yeah. I love it. So then Kayla, tell, tell the listeners if they want to engage your services or learn more about you, how, how do they reach you? Where can they find you? Yes. So you can check out my website, a place for and Audrey is spelled A-U-D-R-E. You can also check me out on Instagram. I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, so (laughs) I'm currently redoing a lot of things on my page, so it's looking pretty scarce, but my Instagram is my full name, so it's at Kayla Danielle Jackson, and yeah, you can check me out there on my website. I've got a newsletter that I send out once a week, so if you want to be friends on the newsletter, we can set that up, but those are the main ways. Oh, that's great. So listeners, you got to check out her website and sign up for that newsletter. Oh, and just if you need help with your home, you got to email her, send her a shout out. Yes. So she can help you out. I love this. And I'm serious. I think I'm have to. I mean, more than happy. Sign up some one-on-one sessions. Sometimes you just feel like it's my, or I feel like my space is, I've got too many things going on and like when you spoke about the person um, who was struggling with her mother's death, that spoke to me because I feel like I have to incorporate certain things 
within the home or in this particular room that I'm struggling with because they have some sort of familiar or historical value, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like this mishmash of stuff, but like behind all of that is probably guilt because I feel like I have to honor these things in Mm -hmm. some way Mm -hmm. instead of putting them in a box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, I think it's just something that a lot of people downplay in terms of a part of the grieving and like healing process in relation to that is that like, there's things that are just left behind and we don't always know what to do with them. So then all of a sudden they're all in our space and we don't know where to put them like that is it's yeah. I think that that is a huge, not talked about enough piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. I love, I love, love, love this idea. And I I know the listeners will love it too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. It was, it was great and an honor.